Hey, so I am now on the line with a Mr. Igor Fraga, a.k.a. Yep. Zucker, who is a Zucker, <laughs> a DJ, and also a ramen enthusiast. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. How you doing today, man? Doing all right, man. Really good. That's awesome, man. I'm curious, man. Um, I know you stay in New York. Where were you born, though? Or New Jersey? Uh, Where were you born? Well, I was born in Brazil, Belo Horizonte, to be more exact. You know, it's one of the um like major cities in in Brazil, but it's not uh very well known because it's not like on the coast. Okay. We don't have uh, yeah, we don't have the ocean for us. But <laughs> it's still, it's still a lot of fun out there. You know. Uh-huh. I'm curious, what was it like growing up there, man? Uh, well, I, I have to say at least, um, like compared to like, um, all of my friends, I think I had a pretty awesome childhood because like the, yeah, the place that I, uh, that I grew up, it's, um, like it was super, um, chill, but still like it got a lot of life, you know, like I used to grow up with, um, a bunch of people. Just walking around on the streets, um, and like a bunch of kids playing, uh, like outside on the streets all day long and all of that stuff, you know? And, uh, like at least for like with the friends that I grew up with, um, like aside from the ones from my neighborhood that I used to play, of course, but you know, the others, uh, from school and all of the other places, like they didn't, I don't know why they didn't used to do that, but I mean, for me, I had a pretty awesome childhood. I can't That's go awesome. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so I've never been to Brazil, man. Um, what, is it a big, what, did you grow up dancing? Like, uh, was your family a household of dancers or? Uh, yes and no. I mean, in Brazil, um, like we have this, uh, culture of like music and like we love dance, not that like everyone dances, but, um, like one thing that, um, like in my state, for example, Minas Gerais, it's very common is for people to dance for hall. Like, I heard that, I heard that's the most popular, right? For hall? It, it is. It is the most popular dance in Brazil because it's a, it's a folk dance, you know, it's very uh, cultural, um, especially in Minas and a few other states. And, uh, it's a very easy dance to get started with. So. Okay. That's the kind of stuff that we grow up with, um, like in our family parties, you know, that's how I started learning. Okay. Okay. I guess you, man. So I'm, I'm curious though. Um, so, you know, I guess you taught for Hoa at a, at a young age. Is that, is that kind of what sparked, uh, your dancing journey or what? Not, not really. I mean, Back in the day, when I was a teenager, I started learning for hall with uh, my cousins and uh, the rest of my family. But it was uh, just a hobby, you know. Like I, okay, okay. I wasn't like I wasn't big into like uh, too curious about like actually learning uh, a lot of dances and all of that. I spent years just dancing those like few basic uh, okay, steps okay. of uh, for hall just for fun, you know. Yeah. 
But um, like that whole um, thing changed, and I actually started getting into the into dance uh, for real after I saw people dance Zouk for the first time. Ah, okay, okay. I, I'm curious, man. Um, I want to say you're maybe the third or fourth Brazilian I've had on the show. You have some good English, man. What did you uh What did you learn English? Uh, I learned English um a little bit in Brazil. But it's that like uh, school English that we okay, okay. That we learn, you know. So like from that English that I learned back there, I learned uh, like colors and hi, my name is Igor. Book is <laughs> on the table and and all of that kind of stuff, you know. But um, like actually learning um, like and increasing my vocabulary and working on conversation and all of that was after I moved to the states um well actually the first um like on the first time that i came to the states that i um i started taking english lessons um you know like esl kind of stuff okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and um like that worked uh that helped me out a lot in like mm-hmm. conversation and understanding people like when they're like talking and um what um, what I did to work a lot, uh, to work on my pronunciation and that, uh, just get it easier for me to yeah. speak and all of that was through music. Ah. Like I used to, uh, play guitar a long yeah. time ago and like to play guitar, I had to, you know, like sing, even though I like, I don't really like, uh, to sing so much, but uh-huh. I had to. So it, it helped. It helped. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So so I'm curious, man. Um, what uh, what brought you to the states? Well, my mom lives in the states for like over 15 years now. It's been a long, long time, you know. Okay. And um, like when um, when she had her papers, like I was under 18 years old. Uh huh. So I had the right to have my um my residency here as well. Okay. So she applied uh, for it. They granted me the uh, residency, and then I had to move here. You know. Okay. And I say I had to move because um, I wasn't really planning on it. It was just something that my mom did, and then I was like, oh, okay. So I have to like for me not to lose the um, status that they gave me uh-huh. i need to actually be a resident so yeah i came here and just started figuring out what to do you know i'm curious um your residency are you like are you now a, a u.s citizen like do you have a, a temporary pass here what what is it uh no i'm like i'm still just a resident here um like i could be a citizen already i should have applied for oh, okay uh, okay my naturalization i just been postponing that for so, some time now. Now I guess so, so yeah, what what are the what are the uh stipulations of a residency? Does that mean you can stay here forever or like what what? I can. The okay. thing is um like so it's basically the um like in a way it's the opposite of a tourist visa for Brazilians. Oh, okay. Because um like Brazilians like we get tourist visa to come over here and we can stay um like a maximum amount of like 6 months. Like that's oh. the um the limit 
that people have to stay in the U.S. My deal is the other way around. I can't stay out of um, of the U.S. for longer oh, than six months. Oh wow! Okay, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I saw curious. So you moved here, you know, when before you were eighteen years old. What did you move to? You, you and your mother. Uh, well, the first time that I came to uh, to the U.S., uh, my mother was living here in New Jersey. Okay. But that wasn't like I came here just for like five months. I was still um, studying. I was um, like in university back in Brazil. So I came here because I had to, you know, uh, finalize the papers and get the uh, the card and everything. Okay, okay. But then I had to move back to Brazil to continue with my studies, you know, and then I. Uh, I also had to get a like an extension of on the time that I was allowed to stay outside, so I could continue the studies. And then once I finished, I would move move back here. Okay, I got you. Now I understand that, man. And so, so you move, yeah. So you're going back and forth between Brazil and everything. Um, yeah. At at what point did you did you start seeing Brazilian Zouk? So the first time that I saw Brazilian Zouk. It was in January 2010. Okay. I was on the, um, um, I was on a beach with, um, some of my friends in Rio de Janeiro and, uh, not the city, the state. It was actually, uh, Cabo Frio, the, the city that we were at. And, uh, like one of the, um, one of the friends that I had with me on this, uh, vacation trip out there, he was a, like, um, a big forha dancer as well. Like he's okay. obsessed with forha, and okay. he had like there was this party every day on the beach, like literally on the on the sand of the beach with a live forha band. You know, uh-huh. so like we were there for um like for a week, so we started going to uh, this party to dance forha and on all of that. So one of the days that we were there, the band like took a five minute break and then the guy at the bar where they host this, um, this party, uh-huh. he just started playing some music out there. And like, once the music started playing, I was like, Oh, this, this isn't for Hoi. And I saw a bunch of people leaving the dance floor. Like I left, oh. the dance floor myself. but like half of the people stayed. And then the half of the people stayed, just started moving and dancing. And then I was like, wait, Guys, this isn't for all. What are you guys doing? You know, like I was uh, confused at first, so I just started like watching what they were doing, uh-huh. and um, like I had no idea what it was. I just know that I was mesmerized by uh, yeah. the movements and all of the they're doing, and I I think it was like about two months after I went back home that the friend uh, that I had with me came up to me and told me, oh, I finally figured out the name of that uh, thing that people were dancing and something called Zook. Oh, and, ah. and that was it, you know. Okay. I guess you, so, yeah, so Resilient Zook, I'm curious, Um, do you know, how, how old were you in 2010? I was, um, like, at that time, I was 20 years old. Okay, so yeah, you're still, you're still young, man. Um, 
Do you know much about the history of Brazilian Zouk? Because I, I, I know it comes from uh, Lombada. Is that correct? Do you know? Yes, yes. The dance comes from um, Lombada, what we had back in the 80s and still beginning, like early 90s, you know. But the music side of it, that's something completely uh, different. You know, it's uh, it's a very complicated story, actually. Um, like the whole um, evolution and like history of the um, uh, the music that we dance to nowadays. All right, could you uh, could you tell me about expand on if you don't mind? Well, so basically, um, with the music, we don't um, like the music does not come from Lombada. Like Lombada was its own dance with its right. own music. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, like, as, um, like, I believe you, you already know this, like, there's no such thing as, uh, Brazilian Zouk music. Mm-hmm. We have the Brazilian Zouk dance, which is, right. came from Mabada. But then when it comes to the, to the music that we dance to, it's, um, like a big a variety of different, uh, music styles that there are out there. Like, we dance to pop, kizomba, and um, R&B, okay. some hip hop, and like all of a lot of different things, right? That um, like throughout the years of the like evolution of the dance, we started adding and finding new styles that like mm-hmm. oh this like we can work with uh, the dance in this style of music here and there, and we started bringing elements into uh, the dance to. Um, to adapt to some of the music that we were dancing as well. Okay, I get you. I understand that. And, and so, so you're 20 years old. Um, you see uh, Brazilian Zouk for the first time, and then so you move back to the states, right? Yeah. So at the end of that year, that was when I moved. Um, when I moved to the states for good, like it was um, begin. Like it was. End of November 2010, very end okay. of November. Okay. Yeah. And so you, so you move back, and um, your friend tells you what it is. Do you do you start taking classes? Do you just forget about it? What happens? Uh, well, I no, I um, like once the, he told me what the name was, I started looking uh things up on YouTube and like just started watching whatever video I could find of people dancing Zouk. And uh, I didn't get the chance to start taking classes just yet. I it took me like two years. Oh wow! To actually, start dancing classes so much that, um, like I like for that whole year, 2010, I was still in Brazil, but I just didn't get the chance to start learning. Okay. And then I moved to uh to the U.S. Once I moved to the U.S., I thought to myself, Ah, damn! Now, like. I'm all the way here in uh, in New York, and I'm never gonna learn this dance now because I don't even know when I'm gonna go back to Brazil. Right, right. So like the whole um, like year of 2011, living here, I kept watching videos. I okay. kept like uh, looking stuff up on YouTube, but never thought um, like the thought of like looking for classes never occurred to me because I thought this was something that like there were, we only had it in Brazil. Right, 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 right. So when I go back to Brazil at the end of that year, 
um, actually beginning of 2012, I go back for a vacation. And while I'm, uh, um, I'm at a friend's house and we're just like catching up and talking about a bunch of stuff. And then one of them mentions, Oh, Igor, what about that? Like Zook thingy that you, uh, that you were like, you would talk so much about and all of that. And I said, well, living in the U.S. now, I mean, how the hell am I going to learn that? You know, yeah. was, um, I wouldn't expect it to have. Uh, something like that in the States. Uh -huh. But then as I said that, I, the thought occurred to me, well, New York is the kind of place that has pretty much everything you can think of. Right. Like you think of something you're, you might find it in yeah. the, the dark alley or some weird corner <laughs> in New York, you know? So <laughs> just out of curiosity, I like, I was like, dude, uh, let me get your computer real quick. So then I Google, Zook, New York, you know, just for, um, like easiness of mind. Exactly. And then as I type that, what shows up? The website, Zook, New York. Oh, wow. Okay. I was like, no way. I can't believe this, you know? So I, uh, at that moment, I just, I started reading the entire website, like every okay. single section that they had, every single information about classes and events and all of the stuff that they had. And then I was like, okay, this is it. As soon as I get back to the States now, I'm signing up for uh, hey, classes hey. and like I'm diving into it right away, you know? Uh-huh. So That's yeah, awesome, that, was, that was my start. It was like, First semester of 2012. I don't exact, exactly remember when. Okay, I understand, man. So I'm curious, man. Um, and see, you know, you do research, you find out about it. Who, uh, who was your first Brazilian zoo instructor? My first Brazilian zoo instructor was, uh, Riel Velandia. He's, um, one of the teachers that, uh, we have here in, uh, in New York. He has his own school now called, uh, Zenzook. And, um, like the first time that I went to a class, it was, um, his class. I just, you know, sat in the corner. I was like, Oh, just like, I just want to watch, see uh -huh. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how things are going. And then the week after I started taking classes already and I would take classes with, uh, with him and with, uh, Kim Rotier, which is, um, like with, like she is the director of the school that um that would like teach those classes that would give those classes called Zook New York. You know? Okay, okay. Um to my understanding, you said um Zen Zen Zook, is that what you called it right? Yes. Isn't that isn't that uh I, I guess somewhat different than Brazilian Zook? Isn't it kind of a, a little bit different or is it No, no. What okay, okay. uh Zenzuk is um a brand. It's the oh, name okay, of okay. Henry's school. It's not okay. a different style or anything. No. You go to uh the Zenzuk school, you're gonna learn um the traditional uh Brazilian Zook and you or you can learn Lumba Lumba Zook as well, the Lumbana. Oh, okay. Version. Okay. Okay, I guess you so 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 um yeah, you start taking classes in two thousand twelve. How big was the scene in New York? Was it a, was it a small community or was it actually very popular? 
Very, uh, very small, very small oh, okay, compared okay. to the numbers that we have today. Right, it was, right, right. uh, it was a very, very small scene. Um, it was one of the, um, like most, um, like proper, prosper scenes back in the day, back then, like around, uh, North America, but it was still in the, like in the very beginning, it was still small. It, it was small everywhere. Okay. No. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's grown uh, quite yeah, a lot yeah. of the, a lot since then. Tell me, um, um, I forgot. Tell me your uh, instructor's name again. What was it? So, uh, my instructors back uh, back then were um, Riel Velandia and Kim Rodier. So, uh, Riel Velandia, the guy, um. What was his, you know, his story? Like he learned in in, in Brazil and, and just moved to the U.S. to teach, or what? No, he learned from Kim Rodier. She's the oh, one okay. who brought uh, Zook to North America on oh. the um, like west, uh, sorry, the east coast okay. of uh, North America. Well, I'm, let's talk about her then, Kim Rodier. Tell me, do you know anything about her? Yes, she's the one who trained me actually. Okay, that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so. She started, uh, I believe it was 2007 that she moved to, um, to the U.S. She came to New York and, uh, from Australia, which is where she learned and trained oh. in Brazilian Zouk. And, um, once I, um, like once I started taking classes, she was, uh, she was teaching her classes. She had trained, uh, Riel Valandia to teach his own. Uh, his classes with the group as well. And there was another, uh, teacher called, uh, Shannon that would teach, um, another day, like okay. with, uh, all in the same school. And, um, like she, she helped me a lot in the very beginning. Like what I, uh, do nowadays, I owe m- like most of it to, to her yeah. because, um, like she, uh, she taught me a lot of stuff. She helped me out and, um, she was the one who gave me the incentive to take the, her teacher's course and start training oh. as an instructor as well. So, um, I did that and I started training, um, under her, like as an instructor. And, um, and then the rest is history, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about the beginning though, man, for you. Um, when you first start learning, what was that like for you, learning Brazilian Zouk? It was, um, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience uh, for me. Like I, um, I remember to this day uh, some of the classes that I would take. I, um, like I used to like when I was when I started taking classes. I used to work at a restaurant up where I lived. And mind you, I lived like two, I lived back in, back then, it was like two hours, uh, drive from New York. Okay. So I used to work Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but, uh, the classes that they had were on Monday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh-huh. Monday, I would go, um, like, was it, um, yeah, I would go every week for the first semester on Mondays. And then on Saturdays, I, like, once I came back from Brazil, I went up to my boss at the restaurant and I told him, listen, 
Uh, I know that Saturday is the day that we are like um, busier here at the restaurant, and it's the day that I would make the most um, like money out there. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I can't do Saturday anymore. Okay. I need that Saturday so I can go down to New York and take classes. You know? Yeah. So I was, um, I was working just, uh, Thursday and Friday and then going down every Monday and a Saturday, like driving two hours down to Newark, New Jersey. So I could then take the train into New York so I can take two hours of classes and then oh, go. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah. a, that's dedication, man. Yeah, but it was, uh, oh my God, it was so much fun. Like the, like the good thing about the two hour drive was that like throughout the drive, I would, uh, like I was down, like getting a bunch of, like a bunch of songs so I could practice and yeah. get used to the music and all of that. So the entire way, um, like on that trip, it was just like blasting. Brazilian music <laughs> in my car, and it was it was a great time, you know. That's I awesome. I'm curious, man. Um, what do you think? What do you think makes you enjoy Brazilian zuka so much? Like, you know, what 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 about it that you enjoy so much? Um, well, it's um a combination of the dance and the music, right? Okay. Because in the dance. It, um, like what I felt when I first saw people dancing, somehow I had this impression that, uh, that dance was made for me. Like it was, <laughs> All right, nice. um, like it, I, I just had that feeling that it was something that I was like, I have, I had been looking my, my whole life, but I didn't even know it. Like, and then once I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, this is it. Like the movements and like the feeling of it. And once I started learning, actually learning the dance, I started understanding, um, like the connection behind all of those movements and all of that dance, which is just amazing. And, uh, in regards to the music, I mean, it's, um, I just find it awesome that the music that we dance to has such a, like a few good, uh, vibe into it, you know, and, mm. like, and we dance to a lot of like different styles of music that each style brings a different, uh, vibe, brings a different, um, identity and personality into, um, into our dance, you know, and into our enjoyment of the whole thing as well. I definitely understand that, man. That's really cool. So, so you, you, um, I was just, I just want to go through the beginning. So you, you, you're learning Zook and everything. You're traveling, you know, Monday and Saturday, taking classes and everything. Um, how long did you do that for? How long were you practicing? Um, I was doing that um, for at least a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, that first uh, that first year, 2012. I was, um, like I was going and, uh, taking classes like that entire year. And like I would go down to, um, a couple of event, events, like some of the socials. Back then we used to have social every other Tuesday. Oh. So I would go to those as well whenever possible. And then 2013, I was still doing that throughout the year, um, with 
but in addition to that, I was also going to all of the events, like congresses and festivals okay. that um, that we would have Zook in it. You know, and 2013 was the year that we started having actual like uh, only Zook festivals. You know, oh, like, oh. before we would have our like um, our little room in salsa or bachata congresses, right? And then in 2013 we started having like um, like all our actual zoo congress, like only Zook uh, festivals and whatnot, you know. Okay. So that year, um, I went to literally every single event in North America that had Zook in it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, 2013 was was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, what do you think changed for for Brazilian Zook in 2013? You know, what did it got some traction? It just became popular. You, you, what do you think changed for it? Well, um, what changed in it? Like it grew a lot since then, and a big part of the um, like the reason why it grew was like all of the festivals that we started having. You know, because then like we started meeting people. Like everyone started. Uh, meeting people from all over North America because there was a bunch of communities spread around um, okay. like the East Coast and right, West Coast. Right. And only some of the teachers uh, from each one of those places would know people from other scenes. Mm. The students themselves, like they uh, wouldn't travel so much and like and all over the place uh, and get to meet new people, you know. So once we started having those, uh, all of those festivals, um, like we started meeting people from, um, like a bunch of other cities, you know, like the ones that are like more, uh, a lot far, uh, further than the uh-huh. close by cities. Cause then uh-huh. that's easy for us to go up and down. Right, right, right. But it was just that, you know, um, that congregation, getting all of those people from so many different places together and getting to dance with so many new people. And it was just so awesome meeting yeah. uh, everyone that, you know, it gave a lot of life into the the scene all over uh, North America, you know? Okay. No, I definitely understand that. So, so yeah, you know, um, you start traveling a lot, doing going to conferences in 2013. Um, at what point did you decide, uh, you know, to start teacher training? When did that come about? That was in 2013, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah, I started training in, um, I did the teacher training in, uh, January 2013. And then, like, that whole year I spent, um, like, just, like, still, like, con- continued, uh, taking classes and I was training with Kim and working on a lot of stuff. And, um, and then little by little, I started like teaching classes here in New York. And then I would go, uh, to other cities to teach a couple workshops and things like that. And then I started developing things from there. What made you want to start teaching? Well, part of it was because, um, I, uh, I just thought to myself, like learning how to teach would not um like would also give me a lot of learning yeah. in that process you know right, and right. 
my uh, one of my goals once I uh, saw Zook for the first time was I wanted to learn this dance and I uh, I would like to be as good as I can be in it. Of course, of course. So I wanted to learn a lot and I wanted to learn like fast. I was going really hardcore into training and all of that in the beginning. So uh, part of that, um, part of the reason why I went into training for uh, to be a teacher was to like get a bigger understanding and like practice a lot more um, on on this dance. And another side of it was um, I also thought it would help me um, like be a little more outspoken. Okay, because, yeah. Like. I um I usually don't like to talk a lot. Um like in conversations I'm like more of the listening type. I like to listen hey. to people talking okay. and whatnot. And uh like whenever I like I have something to say, like usually it's very you know direct and like simple. Mm. Okay. But then I thought, well, being out there and you know, like um and like having to teach people and explain things would help me out. Um, with like getting a little, to get a little more, um, to be a little more outspoken and, yeah. and all of that, you know. Okay. And, uh, the other reason, um, and one of my biggest goals when I, um, like when I started training as a teacher was to, like, one day be able to inspire people just as my teachers inspired me. Um, in learning Zook, you know, so that was like one of my main goals to I become definitely. a teacher. Yeah, I understand that. I, I want to go back a little bit. Um, what was it like moving to America you know, when you first came from Brazil? What was that like? Well, the first time that I came here, it was uh, it was very difficult because I um, like I barely knew any English. Uh, okay, okay. And I didn't know everyone. Like I only exactly. knew my um like my mom here. So uh, real quick, uh, were you um were you still in school like at university or were you done with that completely? Uh no, I was. So the first time that I came here, I was uh in university back in Brazil, so I had to um like take a break like for a semester so I could come here and take care of Right, right, right. Um, all of the paperwork so I could go back to continue, right? So, uh, when you yeah. Got here, was, though, and when you got here, yeah. though, you weren't in school or anything. Were you just working or? No, when I got here that first time, um, I, um, I was here just to study English. That's okay. all oh, okay. I was doing at the time, you know? So then I, I stayed here for like five months and then I went back to Brazil so I could continue university there. And then, um, like, I did another, like, year and a half out there, and then moved to the States for good. Okay. So, yeah, so when you moved here for good, what was that like for you then? Just, you just well, working all day, or what? Um, not just working, but I also, um, like, I started, uh, like, taking classes again. Like, I was taking some classes, like, ESL classes um again and then my teacher on as soon as i started like 2 months into my classes she was like igor you should apply for college i'm going to help you out you should oh. be 
uh, you should go into college. And I wasn't really sure about doing that um, right away because uh -huh. I had just gotten here and I didn't know if my English at the time was good enough mm -hmm. to take um, to take lessons, like to take classes and like college level. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but she, she helped me out with the process and everything. She told me, no, like, don't worry about it. You, um, you'll be fine. It's actually, and it's actually going to help you a lot more into improving your own English, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. So that's what I did. And, would you uh, watch you? Would you go? Um, would you go? So it was just a community college, uh, back where I lived. Cause, um, like at the time we were upstate New York. That's like the two hour, uh drive yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was a very very small uh city out there and there was a community college like uh seven miles from my house so um she told me no like apply to this one here and it's gonna be great and all of that so yeah i i went in you know and started figuring out what um what, what to do out there Okay, I'm curious. What was it like for your mother? You know, um, coming to live in America. Difficult. Uh, why do you really say that? Difficult because, um, like she didn't know a lot of people here in the beginning, and when she came here, she um, like it was all about just like working, you know, working, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to provide all day long. And, yeah, yeah, because um, you know, she was living here but she still had to take care of me right uh, back in brazil and all of that so um like moving to a new country is a very difficult in, course. in the beginning you know like especially yeah. when you don't know a lot of people i definitely understand that man oh what um yeah you might not know completely but you know what um what do you think kept her going like how, how was she able to overcome that well, she had, um, she had some friends here from, um, like some friends from, like, uh, from Brazil that were living here for quite some time already and child, ch childhood friends. So they helped my mom a lot in the beginning. Awesome. Okay. Like a lot, a lot. And the other thing was my mom would call uh, would call us back home in Brazil almost every day <laughs> and spend hours on, on the phone. And like she, and like back in, uh, that time as well, she, uh, she managed to get me a good computer, okay. uh, for my home with, uh, with a nice webcam so we could, uh, video chat. Okay, as that's well. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I understand, man. Your mother sounds uh, incredibly strong, man. How, how is she doing today? Yeah. Uh, she's, she's doing great. Yeah. She's, um, like we, we moved this year to New Jersey. We left the house in, um, like upstate New York and she's, uh, she's working. She's doing her, uh, her own thing. She's okay. having a good time and all of that. She's, uh, she's about to, uh, take a vacation actually for a hey. month. In Brazil. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's doing a lot better than me. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to go to Brazil now. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, let's go. Just transition back to today. So, you know, you start teacher training in 2013. You, know, you start doing workshops and everything. Um, what comes after that? You know, you just just continue taking classes and everything. 
Yes, yes. So um, once I started with my training, I uh, and then and then I also started going to all of those uh, congresses, um, like all of those events that I was going to, I was taking uh, all of the workshops, like the entire day okay. uh, of workshops that they they had, and yeah. doing a doing a lot of stuff and practicing a lot and uh, dancing. A lot as yeah, well, obviously, yeah. to practice all of that. So, um, yeah, I, I was doing that, and then I was also already getting my uh, my work as a DJ going at the time. Okay. okay. So, um, so then I could also, you know, travel to congresses, not just to attend, but to also uh, play. That's awesome. And That's then, a great idea too. Yeah, and then that would also provide me the chance to keep taking um, classes and yeah, working. Keep on that's, working. A, that's a great idea. I, I'm curious, man, when you first started learning to teach, um, what was it like learning to teach Brazilian Zouk? How was that for you? It was um, it was very interesting because I, um, you know, when you start, you learn the dance for yourself. You start like working on um, on the moves, and you start to get your body used to the motion and the mechanics and all of that. But then, once you start like expressing what that is and trying to explain and get pass out um, the knowledge, right? It forces you to think a lot more yeah. into what you're actually doing. You know. So, um, like, and it was a, it was a funny thing for me because I was taking classes and I, um, I wasn't, um, like natural in it, but I was able to pick things up, uh, quickly. Okay. But then, um, as I would pick things up, um, just quick and then start working on it on my, like on my own time and all of that. My body would get used to it, but I still didn't understand exactly everything that my body was doing to get uh-huh. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I started noticing all of that once, like, uh, once I I had to pass on the knowledge. So then uh-huh. I had to pay a lot of a lot more attention to myself. Yeah. So I know what exactly is going on. Right, 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 right. I'm curious. What, what um. What do you think is the hardest part about teaching? The hardest part about about teaching, um, I mean, there are um, like difficult things about teaching um, in the beginning. A lot of stuff that we have to uh, to learn, and like some of it is not necessarily things that we learn in teacher training. Okay. Uh, like for example, uh, in teacher training, like we learn a little bit on how to manage, uh, the class. Uh huh. Um, but, uh, how to manage the, um, like how you're going to teach the class. Not so much how you're going to manage the people taking the class. Okay. Right. So, right. Yeah. Like, uh, it was very interesting for me learning, um, like some of the things I had to learn by doing it, you know, like things would happen in class and then I had to figure it out. Oh, like, what do I do with this? You know, cause, um, like we have, we have students 
sometimes that they come into class and uh, some of them they're like really serious and they like pay a lot of attention uh-huh. but some of the students they come in just as a hobby or they just want to you know see w- what it's all about and right. they're not like, paying a lot of attention so then like we say oh let's do this and like we have to take this step here but then that information comes in here and then goes out yeah, this yeah. way you pick it and up. then yeah and then like i i was like oh they are still not like understanding what's going on and i had to figure it out like how am i going to actually manage to get this information to this person and right. and like the different um learning process that each student has as well everybody's different yeah yeah that is um that's, that's crazy man and, and so i'm curious you, you already spoke upon it um what what gave you the idea to start DJing? Was it just so that you could travel and you know take more classes and everything? Is that how that came about? Uh, no, no. I was uh in a way I was thrown into it. Oh. Yeah, because um that started in the very end of t- 2012. So once I started taking classes, we had a guy here in New York that was the DJ for um, the resident DJ here. And then at the end of that year, he knew that I had a good collection of songs because okay. I was like listening to a lot of stuff to him, practicing a lot. So he came up to me like, dude, um, I'm going to, uh, I have to start waking up really early on Wednesday morning. So I need to leave the social a little earlier than what we're supposed to end Would do you be able to, you know, from your iPod, just play for the last half an hour of the social? Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. yeah, sure. I have my iPod here. I just plug it in and that's it, right? Uh-huh. So I started doing that for the socials. And then in the beginning of 2013, he came up to me again. And then he was like, man, I'm actually going to be moving to Australia. Oh, wow. So I'm going to need you to take care of the entire social from now oh, on. Oh, wow. Okay. And like, shit, I don't know how to DJ. I don't know. I don't know this shit, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'll, I have a lot of songs. I, uh, I'm already doing half an hour at the end of the social. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So, um, I had to, uh, I had to get myself a DJ software. And start doing that from my computer instead of just yeah. from my iPod. So, um, in the very beginning, not knowing anything, I just got myself a, a DJ software for, um, like, uh, to play and do the auto mix. Uh-huh. I wasn't doing anything myself. I was just, like, auto mix can take care of that. <laughs> I was just working on, you know, the order of exactly. the songs, right, right, right. playlist and, um, as I was doing that, I just started paying attention to what the software itself was doing as it was like transitioning songs and like changing everything. And like with that, I started learning a little bit of like on uh, about the process of DJing. You know? Yeah. Then um, I was like, well, this is this is cool. I like, you know, taking care of music and all of that. And, um, like with the software and like listening to, um, other like actual DJs playing as well, I started uh, learning more and more and more and practicing until I was like doing things on my own. Yeah. I say, um, I used to, 
I used to DJ when I was a child. My parents bought me some turntables, so I, I definitely understand the DJ. What um, what was it like? What was it like? Um, you know, learning to DJ. You bought some turntables, or what would you buy? What'd you end up getting? Well, it took me uh, it took me a, still a little bit of time to buy an actual uh, controller. So in the in the beginning, once I started actually playing around with the software, I was just working with the computer. Like okay, I would okay. mostly give like live the um, live the software taking care of things, and then every now and then I would come into the um, like in into the middle of the social uh, and start doing some transitions myself. You know? Okay, okay. And yeah, back then it was just that whole. No, fade one out, right. fade another one in. <laughs> yeah. And then I started learning about the uh, BPM so, matching. Is that your BPM is very important, yeah. Yes. And then like how to make smoother transitions from one song to the other. So I started doing that on the computer itself. And then um, I think, what when was it? Uh, I was doing that for like 2013 and then 2014, the second semester, I think it was in August or September that I actually bought my first uh, controller. Okay. Okay. So then I got that and then I started uh, practicing and learning how to manage things and like do actual transitions and all of that. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you start, you buy a controller in 2014. And uh, and so from that point forward, are you just strictly DJing or what? Do you do you have a full time job at this point still, or are you just strictly dancing? My full time job is oh, like teaching and DJing. Okay. And yeah. so and when did that start though? Back in thirteen, back in fourteen, when it was um, full time with it was in twenty fourteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fourteen, like the um, uh, second half of the year. And, and so, so you know, you have a, a day job in 2014, the beginning half, and you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this full time. What, what was that like? It was, um, it was actually quite, um, quite simple for me to make that decision because um, I was, um, I was taking classes. I was in college, and I was, um, I was working at another restaurant, so I thought, well. Um, like I, um, I need time to work with this and, you know, like for the travel and all of that. And it, um, it gets kind of difficult with, um, like working at the restaurant right. on weekends and then, um, like taking classes during the week. Like all of that is taking too much time away from my Zook. Right. So I'm just not going to do it anymore. Okay. So I went full, yeah, I went full in uh, on the Zook side. And so I'm curious, what was that like? Th- those beginning stages when you go from you know having a, a you know a, a job at a restaurant to going full time Zook dancer instructor. W- what were those beginning stages like? Well, um, so what I was doing back then, and I uh, I started DJing at. Um, like some events and like some stuff in 2013, like uh, second half of the year. And like with those events and then doing some of the events in 2014, going um, like all around, I was working on like I was paying 
uh, pretty much all of it uh, on my own, like okay. for the travel and all of that. I would get like accommodation and things like that, like some simple stuff. But it was just me getting out there and um, like showing my work and yeah. getting myself known and all of that. So then by 2014, I um, I was like I already um, had made. Um, like a bit of a name for myself. Okay, I wasn't, okay. I wasn't big, but people knew me. Oh, that's you know, awesome. They knew that I was working and like I was uh, doing a, a good job. So that's like that allowed me to go full, full out on Zook. So I started booking more, uh, more events and doing more stuff, teaching here and there, doing workshops and DJing at parties, DJing at congresses and all of that. And like, it was, um, it was a good experience. It was like, we, in the beginning, we have to spend a lot of money because of course, we of course. get out there and like invest a lot. And I did, uh, that for, um, like for that time. And thankfully it has been, uh, paying out and it has been good for me. Like I started growing, um, on my skills and, um, like getting, um, uh, like a little more known around North America and, uh, people like my work and I kept it up, you know? Okay. I got you, man. I got you. I'm curious, man. Um, so, so tell me, tell me what happens between 2014 and 2018. Are you just strictly, you know, DJing and teaching? Anything special happen? Uh, yes. So, um, like between 2014, and 2018, um, I was going to almost every, um, every Congress. Okay. Like, and we started having a lot of Congress from the, uh, from 2013 when we started having that. Like we, we've had every year an average of, um, like I, I think at least 10 events. Oh, wow. Uh, That's crazy. In, yeah. In North America, right? So. Um, I started going to most of those and like I would, uh, teach at some, I would DJ at some, like, and quite often, like I was doing both. Of okay. That's awesome. That. And, um, when, like, when it was, like, when was it? On 2016, I had my first opportunity to work, um, like outside North America. I ah. went to Europe. The first time for awesome. uh, to work out there and uh, get to do stuff more, you know, like on a broader yeah. uh, perspective, you know. Uh, so, yeah. And since uh, that year, like 2016, I, um, I've i been going to Europe um, at least once a year okay. for, for some work out there. I'm curious. Um how big is the Brazilian zoo scene in Europe? Is 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 North America? Does it have the biggest popularity? I, I guess of um, you know, of all of the all the countries. Mm, like in North America, no, no. Oh. Um, the scene is quite new here. Oh. Um, it's um, it, we started in like in North America. Zoo came over here, and like around. 2007 uh-huh. but um by then zook was already like going around europe you know mm. so um like 
basically the 2000s um that was the decade of uh booming um of zook booming in europe oh wow yes and then this decade has been the uh the zook boom in north america okay and the next decade that's gonna be asia okay okay so no yeah and, and so, so tell me, what does it seem like in Europe? What, what is the Brazilian zoo scene in Europe? Is just very popular, widely popular? Um, some places, yes, it, they have quite um, like uh, quite sizable scenes out there in some of the places because it's been there since the um, uh, beginning of the two thousands, right? right? Yeah. So some of the uh, some of the areas out there they they have been able to grow a lot, and there's a lot of uh, places almost. Um, well, not almost every country, but like most of the countries in Europe have a scene going. Okay. Uh, whether it's a small scene or it's a, it's a big and, um, old scene, but there's a lot of places out there and there's a lot of events going on in Europe as well. That's awesome, man. I want to ask you this. Um, so you've, you've been, you've seen the growth of, of Brazilian Zoo. Um, how has Brazilian Zoo changed from when you first noticed it to what it is today? Um, well, the music has changed, um, a, a little bit. Like we still, like back when I started, um, like we had, uh, we still had a, a lot of like traditional, traditional, kind of music okay. here in North America, but we were getting um, already, like at the time, we, like, um, the music was already changing into the Nelzook vibe and, like, a lot of pop music being okay. remixed and, right, right, and all, right. of, all of that, which we have a lot more uh, nowadays. Um, so, uh, I've seen the... Um, uh, the like the the music side of it grow into like the traditional like and uh, pop remixes, but very traditional uh, remixes and like some Nelzook vibes getting into um, like we have some suitable music nowadays. You know, like there's a lot of music that we um, that we get to share with uh, West Coast Swing. Okay. And I, um, like, I remember there was a time where we were getting, uh, some dubstep into oh, wow. uh, That's crazy. the scene as well. Like that didn't pan out very much because okay. it's, That's hard to imagine. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> but, like we had some stuff out there and, um, nowadays we, um, like we have been slowing down the music as well compared to, uh, when I started. Oh, okay. You know? So, um, we're like, we're, uh, for some time we've had, um, a lot of music that not only we had that energy and that life, um, that Brazilian Zoo gives with the traditional, uh, music, but also like some really chill vibes and, okay. uh, like slow music and all of that. Okay. I definitely understand that, man. I want um I want to ask you about your uh, your little project. Tell me about Zootopia. 
So Zootopia is a uh, it's a team of DJs that I um, I put together along with uh, my friends here in New York, DJ okay. Power and DJ Vicious. Okay. So um, our idea for it is you know uh, collaborate with each other and work together and um, uh, and like promote what's the uh, best for Zook. Yeah. You know when it comes to music and um, DJing at parties and, and all of that, you know? So, um, it's not about, um, like producing music or anything like that. We don't, um, we don't produce our own music. Uh-huh. At least not yet. Maybe. Hey, someday. not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's more about, you know, like providing, um, like good music to people and like providing a good ambience and like, um, Whenever we're DJing at the parties, you know, and uh, making sure that there's a, a like a standard, you know, like some pref- professionalism and all of that. Okay. Uh, for, as a D- as DJs for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, in, in regards to Zootopia, what would you call success for? How would you define success for Zootopia? Um, I would say it's uh, it would be um like creating um um like a, an ambience like and a vibe and creating a, a a party like whenever we're DJing that people would be able to enjoy and it's going to give a great time for for everyone you know okay. knowing it's um a lot of it it's knowing how to attend to the dancers right, not just right, right. how to mix and how to like what music to play but how to play um that as well I understand that that's definitely important yeah uh so I, I know you've been dancing for a long time man I I want to ask you what are some lessons that you've learned from dance that you're able to translate to your everyday life um from Zook, I think the biggest lesson that um that I would say if I apply it to life is knowing how to listen mm-hmm. to you know, like knowing how to empathize and like be able to um understand um uh, people's points of views, you know. Okay. Because uh the way that I see that in uh, in the dance is that um, like once you're a follow, you're um, like you're dancing with your partner, and you need to uh, give yourself into uh, into your partner and yeah. like, and and listen to like the information that he's creating and like going along with um, uh, with the dance. And, um, as a lead, we, um, like, we don't only, uh, say things and, like, create information and we're not just telling our partners, oh, like, we're, like, we're doing this and we're gonna do that. Now do this here. Um, for the leaders, we are also listening to our partner because for us to be able to create the information, we need to listen to our partner's body and frame. Mm -hmm. Right. So no, um, like we need to know where they are so we know where they can go and how they can go there. We need to listen to how her body is behaving. 
and responding to the information that we have as well, you know. And that is a big life lesson for me to understanding that we need to understand um, other people and try to empathize and not just um, like give our point of view, create uh, like give our information, but we need to be able to receive information yeah. as well. I definitely understand that, man. I, I'm curious. Well, what is what is the life like of a traveling DJ instructor? I know nothing of their world, man. What is it like? It's um, it's awesome, but uh-huh. it's um, it's very difficult sometimes as well. You know, because um, the the amazing part of it, something that I love, is being able to travel to so many different places and see so many people get to meet so many people and hang out with a lot of friends from um like whatever you know um i love traveling and um i would love to keep doing that for my whole life you know that's awesome yeah yeah. like staying still in one place drives me crazy but the um, uh the difficult side of it is um like if you are um like always on tour you know if you're just like doing tours and you go uh-huh. out like two months three months at a time it's um like it, it can be difficult because you're like never you don't ever feel like you're at home uh-huh. at least right. for me like some people they uh they can adapt and they don't mind it at all but um, I also like to have that sense that, oh, I, I'm home. I'm like in my own place. I right. feel very comfortable here. Um, and we don't always get to do that because sometimes when we're on tour, every weekend we're in a different place and we're always moving from one hotel room to someone's couch and okay. just carrying a lot of bags. And like we leave, we live, uh, leave out of a, uh, suitcase, you know. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's um like sometimes it, it's it's tough, you know. You're like you feel like um you're loving the moment, but you're missing your bed and you're missing your home so much. Of course, much, of course, of course. I definitely understand yeah. that, man. I wanna I wanna talk to your um to your teacher side real quick, all right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, for people, myself included, man. I, I feel like I'm a I'm I'm struggling with, with learning Brazilian Zouk, man. Um, for people like myself who feel like they're stuck in a beginner's rut, what, what advice could you give us? Uh, beginner's rut. You mean like you don't feel like you're improving? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone goes through that, um, like various times throughout our learning process. You know, okay. so. Um, like what I would say whenever we're getting to a moment like that is, uh, maybe take a step back, you know, not in, uh, dancing, but just, uh, take some classes and like focus a little more in just having some fun, you know, Okay. because what I feel worried about whenever we get to moments like that is that, um, like we have that feeling that we are not uh, progressing and like we're um um like we're getting frustrated that oh like i'm not improving you know 
So uh, one thing that I would say is, um, you know, take a step back, take a, a little break and just uh, dance for fun. You know, try to just have fun with whatever you have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so you can take your, uh, your your time to process a little bit of the information that you already had and process what you uh, what skills you uh, you already have. So then once you go back into it, maybe your mind is, is at a different place. Okay. You know, and, and you get to see things in a different perspective that I... can like give you more progress, you know. Um, but the other option of that would be maybe try taking lessons of something else. Oh. Something you know, okay. because then it forces your brain to keep uh, it uh, keeps your brain learning, but it forces to think of things in a different perspective, in a yeah. different way, you know, and then you might see something that um, you can relate back to what you were doing before. Sure enough. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you this on for, for people who are intermediate and they want to take it to the next level, you know, advanced, what does it take for them to, you know, take that next level, get to that next level? Um, uh, what, takes people from advanced to uh sorry to from intermediate to advanced is reworking their basics ah. everything because um like normally um like the students that we have in the beginning like in the uh, beginner students they don't know everything they're learning all of it still like all of the basics and all of that so they get that information and then usually the intermediate dancers are the ones that already know the fundamentals, but they're not great at it. Oh. You know? But then, um, like they they have they already have something that can take them to different paths, and then they start learning different combinations, different uh, movements, and variations of the fundamentals that we have, right? So then it expands their mind uh, and their skills, mm. right? But then once you have to go from intermediate to advanced, you uh, you get to see that uh, you already have uh, you already have already have a knowledge of the uh, fundamentals and you have a lot of variations and a lot of different things that you can do with it, but you need to clean all of that up, right? So it's not like being an advanced dancer. It's not so much about um, knowing advanced moves. It's about knowing how to do the moves and the variations and all the stuff that you learned in um, uh, in intermediate, but like uh, with a greater skill by mm-hmm. working on your basics. You know, like building your fundamentals to um like to expand the um, uh your skills with intermediate stuff okay now i understand that man that makes a lot of sense i asked that question all my guests and all the guests say that um you know the advanced people are working on their basics yeah that's what they all say yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what everyone says man so it's, it's got to be some truth to it um mm-hmm. r- real quick i want to ask you this um what is one tip one piece of advice that you can give to someone to make them a better dancer immediately. Immediately. <laughs> well, uh, 
I think I would say, um, like, the advice that I would give is don't ever think you know enough. I Like, I just feel like by understanding that we never, um, like, we never end our, um, like, learning process, you know, um, we're always working on something. We always have something new to work on and like, we always have something to improve. So, um, a person who understands that, who knows, um, there's something that they can, um, there's still room for improvement. Right. To me, that's already a better dancer. Okay. Instantly, you know, and now, uh, and then with that, they can take their time, whatever time they, uh, they need to like find their improvements and find their, uh, the path that they want to go on. Okay. Now that makes a lot of sense, man. Always be a student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I, I want to ask you, man, um, tell me about some of your upcoming events. I know you're going to be at the Baltimore Salsa Bachata Congress, and I, I think you're also traveling to Brazil in 2020. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. yes. Tell so, me about some of your upcoming events, man. Yeah, the the stuff that I have coming up now is um the Baltimore uh Congress in about like a couple weeks or so. Um so I'll be DJing. Uh we're going to have a full Zook room and um there will be some instructor state uh, like teaching classes over there as well. And then um the weekend after that, I'll be doing a special event with um, Rio Velandia with my teacher here, nice. um, like special workshop kind of stuff oh, that we're awesome. gonna do here in New York. The weekend after that, first weekend of May, LA Zoo Congress. That hey. is a must go event in North America. You know, it's okay, um, okay. Really amazing. You know, so I have that. The weekend after, there's um. Um, a smaller event in San Francisco. The weekend after that is Canada Zoo Congress, which is also a must-go event in North America. Yeah, nice, it's, nice. Uh, like um, LA and Canada, they're like um, some of my favorites uh, in the world. You know, aside oh, wow. aside from uh, aside from the ones that I'm like uh, in the organizational uh-huh. team of them. Uh, those I just go to, to work, uh, for them. And like, it's definitely, um, some of my favorite congresses in the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, like a lot of other stuff coming up, but, the, um, like trip to Brazil in ne- uh, next year, that is going to be, um, like that's going to be an epic event. It like, yeah. might just be the event of the year. Because um, it's called Ilha do Zouk, that means um, Zouk Island. And it's an event that ran from 2009 to 2013. And it's uh, like, it was such an amazing event. I, I hadn't been there uh, myself, but everyone that I talked to, all of the instructors that used to work uh, there, they used to go, and all of the people that used to attend to the event, They've, um, they always say amazing things about it. And, uh, people on Facebook, they, like, there had, uh, there had been posts uh, last year, I think, begging to bring that, uh, event back. So okay, it's finally okay. happening. 
That's awesome. Next year, you know, and um, I'll be DJing there, and I'm like helping out with um, like getting a group um, together from North America to go down there, you know. So oh, that's gonna be really cool. Yeah, I'm like getting a group. Everyone uh, who wants to uh, to join us in that trip to Brazil can contact me, and like I already had um, the first group purchase uh, last year. I'm working on the second one. Um, up until June this year, and then I'm gonna keep on doing that until like we get to the event. Okay, that's really cool. That's gonna be an amazing event, man. Oh yes, yes, definitely, man. I want to ask you this. Um, I, I want to say, well, first off, you know, I want to thank you so much for you know taking time out your day to talk to me, man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. My pleasure. I I really appreciate the the invitation, and yes, I love to do it. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. Uh, please. Let the people know how can they get in contact with you? How can they reach you? The easiest way to contact me would be Facebook. You know, just um, make sure to uh, send me a message. Like, um, you don't even need to friend me. Like, I, I check Facebook just like once a day, so I'm not always on like uh, on top of it. But if you send me a message on uh, on Facebook, I We'll see that as soon as possible and get back to you uh, right away. You know, that's perfect. That's perfect, man. I know you also have an Instagram page as well, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, hit you on Facebook. I definitely understand it. Um, Facebook, I'd say uh, like on Messenger because that would be just the quickest way to okay to get in touch. Okay, I got you. I understand that, man. Um, Like I said, man, I really. Really do appreciate you taking time, man. I had a wonderful conversation with you. Um, I should say thank you again, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Hey, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Hey, all right, man. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> That's all it is. Thank you. Hey everyone, uh, if you made it this far to all the way to the end of the video, I want to thank you so much. Um, my overall goal with making these interviews and these episodes is, uh, to give a voice to dancers, you know, to give them a platform to speak their story. So, uh, if this is of value to anyone, then that, that means the world to me. Um, my overall goal is to give value to the dance community. So, if you find no value in this, and I, I urge you to please let me know where I can improve on. Um, I, I truly want to, you know, just, uh, give value and content to, to the dance community. Um, so please let me know how I can improve, where I'm messing up, because to be a hundred percent honest with you, um, you know, I'm learning along the way as I do this. I, I truly am. So, um, to be able to interact with, you know, the dance community, it means the world to me because it, it gives me feedback and it lets me know, you know, what I'm doing right, where I can improve upon, um, you know, what I'm doing wrong, which I feel like might, may be more important. Um, so please, if you all could, could comment and just let me know what you think, it, it means the world to me because, you know, that feedback just helps me improve. So, um, Please comment uh, as well, you know, please like and subscribe. That means a lot as well. Um, but, 
you know, I want to say thank you so much for, for just watching this because it means the world to me. Um, you know, I want to, I want to take you on this journey of the Two Love Feet podcast. You know, I'm, I'm very excited for it. So once again, thank you so much.